0: Back in here with another edition of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. And it's a pleasure to be joined by senior NFL reporter of Yahoo Sports. And I would consider you a friend of mine, Charles. Charles Robinson. Oh. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Charles. Yeah, we go back some years. I think... Yeah. Uh,
1: Training camp. I can I can remember rolling through when Chris Ballard was in-house. Oh, yeah. You know, Brett Veach was coming up and Mike Borgonzio was coming up and um who am I missing here John Dorsey was the GM and the
0: top yeah guy. The top yeah guy. Now, now hanging out with the Lions right, right now that if you're wondering where John Dorsey is man Chris <laughs> Ballard has had some tough luck when it comes to the quarterback situations huh
1: yeah yeah it's uh it's you know that's a little bit of the risk that you take you bring in Carson Wentz and um I think in particular when you Look at look back at what went wrong in Philadelphia. If there was anything that really truly undermined, I think where he was going, it was just his inability to stay healthy and right. maybe keep himself out of situations that caused that lack of health. And now he's not only is he dealing with you know Carson being banged up, but that offensive line. Uh, it was the success of the Indianapolis Colts was always going to be predicated on that unit getting back to where it was a couple years ago when they were dominant and. It's really right. just gone sideways ever since.
0: Now, Chris Ballard, one of the the football good guys, was here in yes. Kansas City. Hopefully, they get it right soon in Indy. Just not against the Kansas City Chiefs, as we got a lot of Chiefs listeners here. We're going to talk about Sunday Night Football, but Charles, one of the things I love about you and covering the whole league is you're one of these deep football thinkers, so I want to cast a wide net here. What is one of your interesting thoughts about the NFL season in 2021 so far? Um, You know, I think...
1: One of the things that I like when I watched last season unfold, and and you sort of saw Tampa hit their stride. Yeah. Um, what I'm realizing now is the the league is saturated really with quarterback talent. Now it doesn't mean that all all the quarterbacks are putting up great numbers. It doesn't mean they're all playing at elite level. But there's a lot of talent. Even even maybe some of the mid level quarterbacks have really good arm talent. And you see you know offenses as we have sort of seen the spread systems kind of come in. We've seen um, the difficulty that defenses have had adjusting. But then you go back and you look at not only the health that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had down the stretch, right. but the way their defensive front played um, when they just caught a heater and really obviously you know, took it all the way into the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, a lot of that was predicated on their ability to get pressure up front, not only be healthy, but get pressure up front. And I think um, when I look at the Los Angeles Chargers right now, when I look at um, – the Cleveland Browns right now, um, you you are seeing some dominant defensive fronts. Where if these teams can can stay healthy, I really truly believe that what we're going to see is is the definition of physical defensive fronts overcoming or having to overcome great offensive teams down the stretch and in the playoffs. And that's how you're going to have to win championships. Now, either you're going to have to. You know, do the the Paul Westhead offense where you just outscore teams and and are fast breaking it constantly. Can and you can just simply outscore teams, or you're going to have to have a healthy and dominant defensive front that I think can can resolve some of those issues.
0: I think you're seeing some of that in Kansas City as teams are are playing the Chiefs a bit deeper and are not really allowing them to go fast break as much. It's turning yeah. them to to be more methodical. Again, we're going to get into the game right after this question. I just I, it kind of frames up for the game well. What does the top of the AFC look like for you, in your opinion, right now?
1: Oh man, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I feel like it's it's wide open in the sense that I know what the Chiefs are. The Chiefs are a good team. That, on balance, once we get through seventeen games, I think a lot of the teams that we expected to be there in the preseason, like the Chiefs, are going to be there at the end. That when you talk about the AFC elites, I think what's interesting though is. Uh, particularly when you look at, at at the AFC West, what Brandon Staley has been able to do with the Chargers and the mm-hmm. mentality that he's been able to bring, and now I know a lot of people have seen the clip now, but I kind of thought it was sort of the defining clip that explains why Brandon Staley has been really—you've you seen a lot of people gravitate him toward him, even when he was an assistant under Vic Fangio in Chicago. Obviously, when when he moved on to Denver and then with the Los Angeles Rams when he talked about why the importance, and this is a defensive coach, a defensive, right. a defensive predicated coach talking about the running game and the commitment to, for lack of a better term, and I'll use the term here, violence, the commitment to hitting, the commitment to forcing the defense when you're playing offense um, to know you're going to have to hit X number of snaps every single game. We're not just going to throw it. And, and I thought it was smart and bright of him to say, hey, look, when you throw the football, it doesn't mean that the defense is going to be forced to hit in that particular play there. You know, you're, you're giving them the opportunity to, to not have to experience that physical toll. He said, but if you run it, whether you're successful or not, the defense has to commit to being violent on that given play. Mm-hmm. They have to commit to taking some punishment. I'll tell you right now, when I looked at the chargers historically before the season, there was a lot of, you know, it was talent there. We were always kind of like, man, the chargers, is This even last year, we're like, is this the year where they kind of put it all together? Yeah. Um
0: I feel like we've they, been doing that for quite a few years. It, yeah. It it does finally feel different though this time. Yeah. It does.
1: Yeah. And that that I thought when I when I asked myself, like, why do I feel different about the Chargers? And I definitely, you know, even early on when you saw some success, I was slow to come around on them like, okay, we'll see. You know, I've been on this train before and it's been disappointment. But now you've sort of seen them play a number of high scoring teams and really play a very physical game. Um and and kind of keep high-scoring teams as in check as you can. And I think that, to me, is why this feels different. You know, like you said, it just their mentality and the way he talks about um, being a more physical, commanding, kind of dominating football team matters.
0: Yeah, part of, I of I think, what teams are doing well against the Chiefs and the wins right now is just getting them to run a few more plays than, as we talked about, the, the fast-break offense. And you really saw the Chargers take advantage of that in being able to force the four turnovers, which wound up being the difference between the Chiefs and Chargers in that game. But here we fast-forward to Sunday night football, 7.20 p.m. We know the whole NBC 41 KSHB in Kansas City surround that's going to go into this game. Heading into this Bills matchup, what intrigues you the most about the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: I mean the uh, the the number 1 DVOA offense versus the number 1 DVOA defense <laughs> yeah. in the in the Buffalo Bills. I mean to me that's intriguing and I think to me last week, you know, when the the win last week, you know, you, I saw the Kansas City offense that I'm used to, you know, mm-hmm. that we're all used to. That you know Patrick Mahomes um, is capable of throwing five touchdown passes. Tyreek Hill goes crazy. Like you know, that is that was the time where I'm like, okay, that that's the team I remember. The problem is, defensively, again going back to the DVOA um, numbers, that analysis, they've been near the bottom of the league defensively, um, both in pass coverage and pass rush, which is brutal. You can't, right. you know, defensively, you can't. You, they they have to find a way to scheme to get the pra- pass rush um, in a way that does not expose them on the back end and I just don't know how you do that. I don't know how you can send or dial up exotic looks right. without putting your corners on an island or um, having to operate with one single high safety or you know there's there's just only so many things you can do when both the very front end of your defense and the back end are not operating in unison and you're having miscommunication which I thought, you know, Taran Matthew said recently he was talking about, you know, just the miscommunication that's going on on defense. I'm, I'm hoping in my mind when I look at the Chiefs, because I want them to play at the highest level they can on both sides of the ball, it is a miscommunication issue on defense. Right. Where it's just These guys just aren't on the same page right now. Um, maybe everyone on the field isn't seeing the same thing at the same time. As the season goes on, that begins to work itself out a little bit more. Offensively, I think Josh Gordon, great addition. Very curious to see what he looks like and what he can look like in this offense. Um, no guarantees here because I when they brought in Le'Veon Bell, I thought, hey, okay, great. There's this talent <laughs> and, and LaShawn McCoy, a- and it's was, like we right, get a
0: veteran right. like this all the time. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. Yeah, this is. I mean, so is it going to be another in a long line of these veterans who are brought in, maybe a little past their heyday or whatever, and we think, okay, well, this is this is obviously naturally the perfect offense for them to, you know, experience that second yeah. wind, and then it doesn't happen. So. You know, we'll see with with Gordon whether or not he can be what I think is that fundamentally important third option um, next to Kelsey and and Tyreek Hill.
0: Yeah, I think everyone is really excited here to figure out is, is Gordon going to be this type of player for Kansas City, the one that they've been missing for what has been a long time now. And just to point on the defense, the miscommunication is an issue, but the Chiefs are in line to get Frank Clark or whatever, you know, whatever he is going to be able to do in this game back and potentially various Ward. So maybe that that'll help on the other side. What did the Buffalo Bills have to show you in this game to say, okay, you know, they're they're a three and one team, but they're legitimate contenders to maybe take that AFC crown? Well, you got to you got to get to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you got to
1: defensively. If you are, I, I you know, I, like I said, this is the number one defense in the NFL from a DVOA standpoint. Um, but you have to be able to get pressure. As I said, with yeah. the the Chargers and the Cleveland Browns, you have to get pressure. You have to get middle pressure. Like if you look at the Browns this season, one of the things they're doing really well on defense is, you know, you want to talk about Miles Garrett and, you know, hey, Jadavion Clowney looks pretty good, but they've gotten some really um, rare middle pressure, where you have, like, a Malik McDowell, who they pick up, you know, in the offseason expect nothing from, who is drawing double teams, and although might not be um, picking up the statistics, is creating chaos in front of the opposing quarterbacks, I think that's what you have to do with Kansas City, even though, you know, Patrick Mahomes can break pocket or playoff script and do all those things spectacularly. Um, we have seen, he is not completely immune to pressure, particularly when, you know, and you, you talked about this a little bit at the, at the start, teams have started to lay back a little bit and go, yep. you know what? We're just going to try and take away Tyree kill. You know, we're going to try and do what we <laughs> saw in the yeah. first game of the season. Right. Um, you know, and, and take that guy out of the equation and then see if maybe um, we can make, Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable enough to force some things occasionally. I mean, when we've seen the mistakes he's made, you know, they're mistakes of aggression. He's trying to force some, you know, forced issue. That's what I need to see from Buffalo defensively. And then offensively, I think they need to get better. You know, they're more of a middle of the road team. I think right now, offensively Josh Allen has been more consistent the last couple of games. I think he didn't have the, you know, statistically the greatest start, right. but to be the MVP candidate that he was last year, you know, we're talking about uh, a you know sixty-five to seventy percent passer every single game, using a plethora of different players, which he's done really well the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I want to make a point quickly on your Patrick Mahomes point, and and that's Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, put it really well going into the Chiefs Ravens game that Mahomes, in a sense, has three plays in one play each place, and you have to defend each time span that sometimes he gets where maybe after three or four seconds and then you get to 12 seconds and so on and so forth. I want to follow up on, on a point you've kind of made the theme of our chat here today, and that's the middle pressure. Is that the biggest problem for the chiefs right now that Jaron Reed simply hasn't been the player that maybe Brett Veach and company thought he might be for this, this club.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's no doubt that when you, that's an acquisition that you, you make and you're thinking, okay, this is going to resolve up front. You know, it's going to give, Centers and guards, you know, something yeah. to have to worry about, um you know, off the snap, and it just has not been there, you know. And again, it's early, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I, I, I there were times last year where I looked at the Buccaneers and I was very troubled by a number of different things I was seeing, whether it was from Tom Brady or, the, you know, there were times where I thought the defense looked a little bit old and, yeah. um you know, was the offense function? And remember. We get an extra game this year, 17 games, even longer to dial things in like that. And and Jaron Reed, I'll say this too. I've been through camps in the past, talked to the guy, talked to his teammates, and he's better than he's playing right now. He's a better player than this. I think that the the acquisition was right. I think right. it's just getting him to play up to that level. And oh, by the way, it would probably help him if maybe the surrounding players were all healthy. You
0: yeah. know, I think yeah. that would
1: definitely help his performance.
0: Yeah, Jaron Reed and Frank Clark, we've talked about it coming into the season. They had their best year in Seattle together, and yep. you really haven't had them 100% healthy quite yet. want to end here. Uh, you've given us plenty of insight on the game. Do you have a, a feel for, for how you think this game goes at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday night?
1: You know, I I think you know the sharps what I think it's uh Chiefs minus three, I think. And I, I yeah. tend to it's agree been, with that. It's
0: actually been fluctuating from two and a half to three and a half, and I, I think it's at three as we're recording this on, on Thursday. Yeah. I
1: like that no I, I like that number. I think this is a close game. I think we're gonna see um I personally think even though Buffalo's got that defense, we're gonna see a lot of points scored in this game. But I, you know, I think I'd give the Chiefs the the three-point edge. Like to me, I'm like, this is it's two teams that we we expected coming into this season, we're like, okay, hey, is this, when we looked at this game, we're like, is this a preview of the AFC championship game? I still feel that way. I still feel like this is the Kansas City team that's going to work itself out. Oh, by the way, we still have a trade deadline where you can sweeten maybe a part of your team right. um, that's going to be available to you. Hey, Stephon Gilmore is a Carolina Panther today. And, you know, uh, you know, Jalen Smith is, is going to be a, a green Bay Packer. So, um, there are going to be pieces available to the Kansas City Chiefs, but I, I think even now yeah. Buffalo still has some work to do offensively, and I I just feel like the the Chiefs have the firepower to to edge them in in a game like this.
0: How fun, by the way, and I, I said we were going to end, but I got to ask you about this. How fun is the fact that? the NFL trade deadline is getting a little bit of the NBA trade deadline feel to it now. And you're going to have some shakeups and and draft picks exchange and so on and so forth. Greatest thing that I think has happened in the last
1: like seven, eight years to the league. I mean, just in terms of like in season, we, we, you know how it is. We'd always enter the season feeling like what you got's what you got, it's locked in. Like it's not really going to get any better unless you know, hey, you go get a street free agent and and he miraculously surprises you and and becomes, you know, somewhat of a contributing player. No, now you there there are teams that sit there and go, hey, we're not gonna extend this guy. And and so for us, he's only got, you know, seven, eight games left or nine yep. games left, whatever it is at the deadline at that point. So we might as well move him and get something out of him. And you know, look, I know I know Stefan Gilmore was hurt. You know, I know there's the contract <laughs> to think about and stuff. But for a sixth round pick. You know, you're the Carolina that Panthers. Is
0: the defensive player of the year from yeah, two years ago. And
1: yeah, and you're sitting, and now that he's the defensive player of the year from two years ago, but you're also now pairing him with, J.C. Horns got the knee injury, but he's going to be able to sit there and learn from this guy. Mm-hmm. You went and got C.J. Henderson, who was a top 10 pick who looked pretty good, you know, with the Jacksonville Jaguars at a time. And now you bring in this guy into the fold. So um, I think there's going to be, high level talent, good players on teams that are struggling that will be available at the deadline.
0: All right, Charles. Well, this has been great. I want to give you the opportunity. How can fans follow your work? How can they complain to you? I know you love Twitter. How can they complain to you uh, in your Twitter mentions?
1: Well, uh, uh, you can find me at my name, at Charles Robinson. Um, you know, uh, people do find me there <laughs> every day. I probably pay a little more attention than I should. Um, but, yeah, Good. you can absolutely hit me on Twitter anytime. We also have our podcast, You Pod to Win the Game. That's right. um, Therese Paler, obviously the forerunner of, of mm-hmm. our podcast uh, team. Um, and if you could, I would love to plug, if you can go to breakingtea.com slash Therese, get the all-juice tea. get the all-juice hoodie, All the proceeds from that go to support the Therese Paylor scholarship at Howard University. That thing's been rolling all season. I, I feel like I see new pictures every week of people buying the the tees and the hoodies. So it's been, can that.
0: it's been so great to see uh, the scholarship funded. We found that information out in the preseason when we got to see each other in the arrowhead press box. And yeah, I mean, I, would encourage people as well. The, the all juice tea is a must and it's great swag and it's supporting a cause for our guy who we, we dearly miss every day. So it's Charles Robinson, Yahoo sports senior NFL reporter. Uh, hopefully you uh, enjoy the game on Sunday night, Joe. Looking
1: forward to it. Uh, prime time has been a gift all season long so this is i'm sure this will be right up that alley
0: all right guys thank you for joining us on the arrowhead pride podcast network